Hi there, ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Taylor here with the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome back. Today, I'm joined by Jonathan Ruers, who is the Manager of Design, Strategy and Delivery at the City and County of San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency. It's a long title and we've got lots to talk about. Jonathan, how are you today? I'm great. It's been a great day so far. Amazing. I'm so happy to hear it. Well, thank you so much for um, taking the time to share with us today. Um, can you tell uh, our listeners a little bit more about you? I'm, I'm really excited to hear about your story, but why don't you tell everybody a bit, a little bit about you and, and what your job entails? Yeah, so I've been in cities for about 20 years, um, working, you know, out on the streets and parks and with kids, uh, building buildings, like coming up with new policies. And that has all evolved um, into a job in which I have where I pretty much figure out how we optimize cities to prepare for the massive growth we know we're going to be seeing over the next 50 years. I mean, we have mass migrations going on across the world. Um, people are moving to cities, and cities tend to be a little bit of a bureaucratic structure, if you hadn't noticed. And so we need our cities to have the ability to change and evolve um, and meet the needs of the people we know are coming. So that's pretty much what my day looks like. I mean, I could be dealing with, um, I work with a nonprofit. We're doing a big parks plan for San Francisco right now. Here at the MTA, I'm working currently on our advanced transportation program. Um, I'm going to be working a little bit um, with some design firms on how to innovate cities. Um, so my day is always full and I love what I do every day. Fantastic. Thanks, Jonathan. So, I mean, one of the reasons I really wanted to chat with you is after looking at your, your profile and learning a little bit more about you, you, uh, you have to solve some of the biggest problems that no one else knows how to solve on a scale that nobody's seen before. And, and from what I gather from our earlier conversation, you know, you take big visions and figure out how to make them happen. Is that correct? That is exactly, that is the, the part of my job that, that's exciting. So, you know, we have big visions and big ideas um, on, on what we want to do. And most corporations and businesses have that. And where strategy comes into it is, is asking the question of how do we actually achieve it, both within the business environment that we work in, but also with the, the skills and talents and tools that we have internally. So it's sort of, you know, the role of a good strategist to take, you know, that big idea and that vision kind of and come up with the how that vision can be achieved. It's not exactly project management because that's when you get to the execution of things, but it's it's essentially coming up with the plan on how to achieve the plan. And and that's the stuff I get to do. So, you know, a lot of the time it's really about problem solving. It's really about we know we want to get there and let's figure out ways to get around barriers or come up with new ways of doing things so we can achieve the vision that we set for ourselves. Awesome. So, I mean, uh, I have a few, a few questions, but let's take a step back and talk about that vision. Like, how did the Municipal Transportation Agency, which, as far as I know, is the only agency of its nature in North America, um, you know, how did you get to your vision in the first place? And, and maybe some practical approaches for the people that are out there, you know, looking to create a vision with their team. What, what does that look like? 
So, you know, as an example, I'll, I'll give you some very specific examples. So recently, we have a strategic plan for this organization where, you know, we have a goal like, for example, Vision Zero, you know, to get to zero traffic deaths by 2024. Um, we also are purchasing a brand new bus and, and light rail fleet. So here's an example of a problem. We have spent close to $2 billion to purchase a whole new light rail and bus fleet. But, um, and we want to provide reliable service, transportation service to the people of San Francisco, especially transit service. And we've increased that service in our operating budget, which over which is over a billion dollars by 10%. So we have actually increased the frequency of service for the people, for you know the million people plus that come and visit San Francisco every day and work here and live here. But we have a facilities infrastructure. We have a set of buildings and grounds that's close to a century old. So we have old technology, old way of doing things, supporting a brand new fleet with an expectation of providing expansion. So that, that's a huge problem. And so, and we have five different divisions that manage this particular service. So I've spent the past uh, 18 months like looking at all the services, consolidating the organization, looking at new ways of doing business, um, coming up with a construction program where this is a transportation agency, so we don't really know how to build buildings. So part of it is let's not figure out how to build buildings ourselves, but let's find somebody else who knows how to build buildings and do it right. Um, how do you do outreach? How does a transportation agency become a developer? Because um, there's expectation that we'll be doing joint development. And so these all, as I said, a good strategist comes up with the tools and processes and methods by which we will deal with this problem. So to provide great transportation, just a great service, you know, to have your subway car show up, to have it be clean, to have it be well-maintained, not fail, requires somebody in a back shop to have a modern facility, modern tools, and maintain it in a brand new way. So that's just one, so that's resulted in like a whole new divisional unit of 100 people, um, a $1.3 billion capital program, um, and just completely relooking at the way business is done overall. So that's one, that's one problem specific thing um, that I'm dealing with. Another one is the voters in San Francisco passed a $500 million bond um, two years ago. And this is a very complicated organization I work in. And many big corporations are, are complicated, right? You have many different divisions, you have different skill sets. But to the people out on the street, the people who are experiencing, you know, the sidewalks, the streets, driving in their car, um, they don't see, you know, you're the, the painter who paints the lanes, or they don't see that you're the person replacing the sewer, or you're the engineer that's drawing the curb. Um, so we were not good at looking at a project from curb to curb. We were good at each discipline doing their work well by themselves, and that creates delay, it creates redundancy, it creates confusion. So the question was, from, from just a design strategy perspective, how are we just better at delivering projects? And so, you know, I took a team of 50, we sat in a room for two hours every week, and we just went step by step by step. So people were using the same language when we were talking about the steps. So people understood who was responsible for what and when handoff would happen between divisional units or experts or, or designers and engineers. Um, we agreed on what certain deliverables were along the way. And when those deliverables weren't required before, we talked about why they were required now and why they were needed. And so we came up with a project delivery framework. So I just talked about the facilities framework 
this is the project delivery framework where we've created a new project management office, so a new organization to support project managers and train them and give them tools. We're developing new technological tools to help them get what they need, and we're really communication. So it's almost like writing a speaking their own language in their own country, and now we got to get everybody to speak the same language and understand one another. So, you know, project delivery for a $4 billion program is pretty rough, but, but I feel like we've made um, a lot of progress. So typically, to your question is, I get a, a question, and, and I'm a designer by practice, right? So, you know, how might we, you know, deliver projects in a more effective, efficient way? right, as an example, you know, how do we have the support facilities we need to provide better and excellent transportation services to the people of San Francisco? Those are the visions that are handed to me. And then my job is to figure out the how by which we will do that. So that's the, that's the strategy part, you know, design strategy. The other part was, and, you know, I think it's kind of unique to my job, is that you need somebody to deliver on the strategy, so you have project managers and product managers that execute, but you need somebody who takes that strategy and is a coach and follows through and provides oversight through its execution. And, and I think that's kind of unique about my job. So we turn the strategies into programs. People still run their day-to-day -day operations, but I'm the one who's always pushing and driving the strategy to make sure that we get to that completion. So we don't just create visions or strategies that end up being like books or decks or, you know, websites that go nowhere, that we're constantly following through until we get things done. And, and when I describe the frameworks, that's essentially how we do that. We create a framework. There's a series of, you know, projects or initiatives, and then we follow through and achieve on that within a certain period of time. So, you know, I, I always like to say, you know, when it, when it comes to strategy, you need to think of strategy as a product. And once the strategy is developed, you need to have somebody who works to deliver on it. Wow, that's that's awesome. Um, strategy is a product. I've never heard that before. That's very cool. I, I definitely heard a few things there. And, and we got a few cutouts on the phone there. So I just want to make sure if I can fill in the pieces. So I definitely got the, you know, uh, somebody's giving you the why. And then you have to basically figure out how the how, like how to get it together. Um, another part of that was, you know, getting all your people together to look at the process and speak the same language and not just like on a one to one to one to one basis, but really like from beginning to end the entire flow of how those things work. And you, it sounds like you do it really well and getting a lot of stakeholders involved to get their feedback. So you really get like the whole perspective of it. Um, the coach and oversight piece was really cool, um, to hear, um, and then there was one more piece that I can't exactly remember exactly at this moment because there was a lot of stuff in there that was super cool. Um, but I'll, I'll, I think I'll that well, and and you kind of, I mean, the bottom line is, you know, strategy is meant to come in and and help you figure out how to innovate or be more efficient or or deliver on something that that you've committed to. Right? That that's why it exists. It's, it's the how we intend on achieving, achieving an objective or a vision or, or a goal we have. And, but change is hard. You know, people and groups and organizations want to do work. It, and, you know, it, it, these are common quotes, like, this is the way we've always done it. This is how I understand it. This is the first I've heard of this type of thing. And you need somebody on the back end, on the delivery side, who's 
who's, you know, I, you know, change management is a term that's used in IT, but you need to be, you need to have somebody who's delivering on the strategy, who's delivering on the strategy as a product, not just, you know, recommending that other people change things and then stepping away. Yeah, no, I get that. So actually, I just realized the, the other piece, and we'll talk about change shortly, was that when you're looking at your buildings and the infrastructure, you know, there's like mm-hmm. where we're at right now and where we actually want to get to and not letting the like status quo as it is stop you from or using it as a, as a, a barrier to getting you to that next place. It's just like that's just what it is. And if we want to get to where we want to go, there are some things that are going to need to change in order to get there. And that's where you can be creative yep. in your plan. So um, awesome. So that's a, a perfect segue to like personally, you definitely shared a lot about like what you actually do really on the court, but like best practices for leading strategy. You got a manager or a CEO and they're really working to get this, um, their own strategy off their ground with their people. Yep. What would you yep. tell them? So uh, this is, this is I, I talk about this all the time, funny enough. The, the first thing I always tell people is, um, and I have a great example of this, is see what others did, like how they achieved on things. Don't look at the specific outcome and deliverable, but look at how other people did things, and let's see if we can replicate or take the methods and means and apply them to something different. And I'll, I'll give you a specific example, So because it's going to be something I'm working here in San Francisco on. So um, many major park organizations, almost everywhere, but I'm going to use the city of New York as an example. They want to know who their users of the park system is. Uh, A park system, typically, when they want to know how many people have used a park, how are they using a park, they use their reservation system. And the reservation system, you know, pretty much tells you the people who are already interested in a park because they're willing to go to the website, figure out what you need to do, fill out the paperwork, go online, you know, do all that stuff. So you already have that core group of super users who you're essentially counting and applying to the public at large. And so New York wanted to know, well, how many people are coming to our parks? Like, how many people are coming in and out and what are they doing? And when I talked to their like commissioner for innovation uh, when I was in New York, the first thing they did was ask other park districts and other park industries, like, how do you do that? And I kind of advised him, you know, uh, a good designer and even a good strategist, you know, look to other industries, look at how other people went about to solve this problem. It doesn't need to be the exact same problem and it doesn't need to be, again, the same outcome. But what method did they use to solve that? So my example was transportation figured that out like 15 years ago. We have a perfect method to determine who's getting on and off buses, who's getting on and off trains, counting them, figuring out times of the day. So again, the method by which to do that sort of thing exists, but it exists in another industry in another way. So that's what I always you know, tell people to do. The first thing you should do when you're developing a strategy is just start doing general research on what were the means and methods to solve that type of problem, like to get, not to get to the exact outcome, but to a similar type outcome. And then the second thing, which was something we talked about, um, you need to see strategy as a product. It needs to be something that is implementable. So good strategists, 
are kind of a good balance between constraint and innovation. Um, it's something that, that I always like to talk about because I tend to think planners, because I happen to be like an urban planner too, you know, they're very good at the vision and coming up with, you know, what is right, what should we do, but not necessarily figuring out the how which is why so many great plans, again, end up on shelves, and then we just start planning again as a solution. But, you know, good strategists want to look at the how, and they do want to be creative, and they do want to innovate. So, you know, a good strategist should always start at the new, I always say. So, you know, let's not look at how we've done things. Let's just pretend we're just completely redesigning how we do this. Like, let's start at the new and also looking at other industries and how they might not achieve it. Let's not be stuck in the industrial bubble of how others do this. Let's just look at, we're starting new and how we do that. But a good strategist also creates constraint. But the constraint, unlike project management or product management, is more things like tools and technology, like what really exists to solve this type of problem? What kind of people or human resources do you have to realistically achieve this? And then the skill sets. Jonathan, you still with me? Technology problems. See, the tools, the people, the skills, back to what I was talking about, those constraints. Yeah, it's it's funny how you can <laughs> – well, it, it, you know what? It's a, such a perfect segue that you look at what's possible and then what's actually going to hold you back in your strategy and then to be realistic enough to realize that – there are going to be some things that are going to happen that are going to hold you back or just like be waiting around the corner to stop you from getting to success because that's not life isn't always easy like that right oh that is that is very true but we shouldn't we shouldn't come to a complete halt because we find a barrier so that's you know that's what we're always trying to solve for and in my industry people love to do that we can't do that because we don't have the people. We can't do that because no one knows how. We can't do that because we don't have the gizmo that would help us do it. Hmm. This is standard answers in my industry. So in the face of all of that, because I think that that happens all the time. For example, I've run into a lot of people who say like, oh, our people are not willing or we just don't have the time. They just don't have the time. It's mm -hmm. the one that drives me crazy. So yep. let, let's look at all of that. And then like if there were some risks to avoid in the planning process, let's say you're getting together with your people and obviously you have a larger team, but some people might have a team of 15 or 20. How do they overcome those, not necessarily objections, but how do they deal with those risks and uncertainties that come up? Yeah, so... So we, we talked about kind of the innovative part, the balance that a strategist plays. So yeah, let's talk about the constraints, the tools, the people, and the skills to be able to get that done. And that's where um, a good, well, those are the risks to avoid, again, um, are to not be too innovative, right? So you absolutely need to have that balance between constraints and the constraints that I just gave and innovation and what is actually achievable and possible. And an important part to avoid, an important thing you need to do when you're developing your strategy to avoid that is you do need to create a business case, right? Which is why I said strategy is a product, right? It's something to be delivered. But um, as, you know, as a strategy is developed and as, as, as you're doing that, you're planning, you want to make sure to make the analytical case that what you're proposing is achievable based on those constraints. So that's why it's important to identify them. What are the constraints in the tools and technology? What are the constraints in the people? Meaning, 
do you have the people who could do some of this work? Is there a skill set you need to bring in? And how achievable is it to actually hire a person to do that? If you start hitting those constraints, which you should identify up front, you should definitely identify those up front, then you need to come up with another strategy. You have to do that. So that's where you know, we're not fully designers and we're not fully planners because they get to work in the dreamy world of no constraint. We need to work in the constraint of how and, and those general things, tools, people, and skills are, are things. Now, they're always tied to money, right? They're always going to be tied to money and budget. But if you hit one of those walls and it can't be overcome, then again, a good strategist is going to problem solve and come up with another way, right? So you can't hire a person. Can you get, oh, I'll, I have an example now where um, we don't have budget to hire a person, but we have a whole division of this organization that can't use a tool that we have in place. And so, okay, well, we can't hire a person, but can we get a consultant for a shorter period of time that can get these people caught up and then that makes the work burden on them reduced, right? So that's, a, again, to my point, an analytical exercise where I can make the business case if you make this strategy, we'll achieve the outcome we want, but here's a different way to do it. Yeah, and the key to that so, is, is, is actually knowing what you want to accomplish full out because if you just start like acting on things, you don't actually know if the actions are going to be sufficient to get you the results you want or even can foresee the full depth and breadth of risks that might come your way on there, including exactly. money. So, so you should do so you should take those two steps up front to directly answer your question, right? So if a good strategist is the balance between constraint and innovation, the first things you should do is, you know, what question are you answering? What industries are you going to look at? And it's okay to start it new. I always tell people that like a lot of people just want to tweak around the edges. Well, let's start it new and then let's constrain that against the tools, the people and the skills. And then we end up with our list of strategies that we can work to implement and resource. And then, uh, and if you don't know how to do that, then you can hire an outside consultant like us. I had to throw in the shameless yeah. plug there. Yeah, yeah, and and sometimes, and sometimes that that's the that's why consultants exist. I mean, to be honest. Um, so don't always don't always think that you need to in-house everything. And also, you know, a perfect example. I'm I'm going through. Um, we have no we had we had no way here to manage how we allocate resources like human resources around here so we spent a year coming up with a model on on how that should be achieved right so people could answer like how how am i resourcing a certain effort like nobody could tell so one of the findings and and again where you get to the analytical part of implementing a strategy is um, people were turning tasks into jobs so people were overwhelmed with work they couldn't get to a certain thing and they were their their the result was if i hire this person this task can be completed but what we found was the person was hired and they only had like a workload of 20 percent um so that's just kind of a way where well again was there a different strategy we could have taken to get to that outcome and so look at different methods rather than the standard method you would typically use to resolve this i need to add another human being so Right. So you're, it's really like underutilization resources by finding the what seems like the simplest way to to solve the problem. Absolutely. But. So start it new. Well, you know, could we train somebody to be more efficient? Could we hire an outside resource? Could we, you know, and then you start asking those questions. 
Awesome. Cool. Okay. So I have, I know you got uh, limited on time here. So I'll ask you one more, one more question. When it comes to the people sure. side of things, how do you develop yep. that culture? Like really for you to foster the vision that you see. And one of the things that I saw is my job is to communicate a clear and compelling vision and strategy to help organizations be more innovative and successful. How do you yep. like get that juice into like the entire uh, being of your team. And, and within that, I would tie that to, to culture. Yeah. Um, so kind of, kind of two things, you know, and we've talked about this a little, um, one change is hard, right? We just have to realize this people go to their comfort zone and we just got to walk into it knowing that, but on the positive side, good ideas spread. So, um, these are things that, that if it's a good idea and people see that it works, um, you'll kind of see that that change in culture kind of happen itself. There, there's a great great quote um, in one of my my favorite movies, Life as a House. I highly recommend it. But at the end, you know, the main character talks about you know really successful change is change that you never noticed happened. And so here here are some things that that I do, um, and I've probably been using these schemes for a good. Um, you know, 15 years, I always set a standard first. It's like, this is what we want to achieve. This is what we want to do and, and have the reason and set it for myself and, and my personal team. Uh, then set the example. So, you know, when there's a change or a strategy we want to implement and somebody says that it can't be done or the resource, again, those constraints, tools, people, skills are there. Um, I try to pilot it or implement it on a project or an initiative going on in the organization to prove that it will work. So setting the, so setting that standard, then setting the example. Then step three is to tell the story. Well, this is what we wanted to implement. This is the strategy we wanted to try. This is where we tried it. This is how it worked and proved to be extremely successful. So as an example, um, I recently took a $40 million project and um, we're going to have it fully designed and constructed in 24 months, which here is unheard of, like unheard of, like not done. So, and we developed a bunch of tools and tricks and methods to go about doing that, that we will implement and, and advance in our, in our larger program. So telling the story um, is an important thing. Then the last thing is to provide the support. So when people want to dip their toe in the water, you need to be their lifeguard. You need to like provide that tool or give them the little extra resource. And then once they're comfortable, the good ideas spread and they do it on their own. So, you know, those are kind of the, the steps that I've taken for a long time, setting the standards, setting the example, telling the story and providing the support. Um, and I have, I don't know, I think I've changed like four or five different organizations doing that. Um, it's better than having the executive give the dictatorial edict because then you're, you're spending more time with the resistance than you are with supporting people and spreading the good idea. So um, even making the pitch, you need to start with, you know, a good strategist or somebody who comes in is coming in for a good reason. And I often give this metaphor to myself, you know, it's like the principal's coming, you're going to the principal's office, like you're not quite doing this right. So we need to coach you on how to be better. And no one likes to hear that, right? So you just want to come up with this method that, you know, the change happens and they never notice it. And um, 
it's kind of the the method I use. Everybody should watch that movie, and then you will understand. <laughs> you will understand why. All right, life is a house. Yeah. Okay, got that. Awesome, Jonathan. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to share with our managers and leaders leading listening to this? And definitely, you know, good ideas spread. Uh, you know, do some storytelling, and you know, let them like pull them into the thing, and don't push it on them. Don't like coach them hard because you want them to like take it on themselves and congrats on that project because that sounds just amazing and that's where innovation at work uh in evidence right there so yeah i think i you know this has been a great conversation i i would just add kind of the point and and again it's kind of been my own job i think just the overall industry and practice needs to move just from providing a strategy and providing recommendations to also providing the means and methods and support to implement on those recommendations, which is why, you know, my title is design strategy and delivery. So, you know, I use the methods that we've discussed to come up with, with the strategy and what should be done. But again, as we've brought up in this discussion, you know, you immediately go into resistance mode. So again, if you can be that support and you can be the one telling the story and you can be the one setting the example and you can be the one setting the standard, I think you'll find that the, the strategies and frameworks you developed will be a lot more successful and will, you'll see a lot more change. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jonathan. This has been uh, extremely valuable, and I really appreciate you uh, taking the time with us today. Absolutely happy to do it. Fantastic. So I've been chatting with Jonathan Ruers, who's the manager of design strategy and delivery at the city, uh, city and county of San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency. So if you're riding a bus in San Francisco or any method of transportation, for that matter, you can thank Jonathan for that. So uh, for more on the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, please be sure to subscribe and rate us on your favorite uh, podcasting player, whether that's iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Thanks so much, and I look forward to sharing with you very soon.